Welcome in episode 160, What's Right with Nick Wright. Today's episode brought to you by Starbucks, ready to drink coffee. Tune in to moments that matter with uplifting boost of Starbucks mocha frappuccino chilled coffee drink available now online or wherever you buy your groceries. All right, so as you guys might be able to see if you're watching, as I take a sip of my Starbucks, I'm actually drinking the caramel flavor today, uh, but the mocha is quite good as well. Uh, Dior is not here today, still doing graduation-related revelry, so she is out today. It is me solo once again, but we have a ton to get to, so let's get right to it. Here is what did not make the cut for today's show. Wimby signing a Spurs jersey, even though he's yet to be drafted. That didn't make the show. Jokic makes it back to Serbia in time for to see his horse race. And I don't know what this last thing is. It just says on the screen, two normal guys doing normal stuff. I assume, oh, I didn't know that's what it was going to be. It's Kevin Durant and Aaron Rodgers hanging out, working out together. So, that I have a theory on this, and then we'll get to the actual show. Uh, should I? Yeah, I'll say it. There used to be, our younger listeners or viewers might not know this, but Jim Rome, when I was a teenager and into my early 20s, certainly when I was a teen, when I was driving around door-to-door selling steaks, Jim Rome was the biggest sports radio guy in the world. Uh, Made tens of millions of dollars, was on 300-plus stations, kind of reinvented the format, took what Mike and the Mad Dog created, and turned it into the jungle and the clones and live shows. So many of us owe so much to Jim Rome. And when he was off, typically... His fill-ins were just objectively bad. Now, I say this as someone that once filled in for Jim Rome, okay? So I'm not throwing stones. And I don't know if this is the truth or not, but it was a. I just remember it being a theory growing up that Rome would have those people fill in because it made him look even better in comparison, and it made the audience miss him more when he was gone. So why am I telling that 20-year-old, 25-year-old anecdote? My theory to Kevin Durant, who's a little odd, choosing to hang out with Aaron Rodgers, is that he then becomes far and away, the most sane, normal guy in the crew. It's like, oh, you guys think I'm a little weird. Well, why don't I bring my Kim Trails uh, anti-vax, uh, ayahuasca drinking, you gotta FaceTime me, buddy, to come hang out. And then you might be like, oh, KD, little odd social media stuff. But aside from that, pretty chill guy. Okay, now to the actual show. Dior normally would read these questions. I will. Uh, Bradley Beal's going to Phoenix. And the producers, right? Everyone's clowning on the Suns for getting Beal. 
but they got an all-star for a sandwich. Who cares about cap space if it nets them a title? All right, that is right and wrong. They are, it is correct who cares about cap space if it nets them a title. The problem is this. I do not feel this makes the... I know this doesn't make the Suns the favorites. I don't feel it puts them in the top four contenders going into next season. I think the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Lakers all have to be ahead of them. We'll see what the Heat do. We'll see what the Sixers do. The Sixers I'm more skeptical of. At best, I think this puts them fifth or sixth. So you're right. Who cares about cap space if it nets them a title? But if it doesn't, they are as locked in and as handcuffed as any team in recent memory. And it was not, in my opinion, the best use of the asset of Chris Paul's contract. What they needed, so let me talk about what I think they needed. Then I'll discuss why this locks them in, because I don't think a lot of the audience, understandably, is fully versed on the new CBA that kicks in in 11 days. So, why I, what I think they needed was versatile, durable players. They needed depth. Your scoring is taken care of with KD and Booker. What you need is guys who can play playoff minutes so those guys don't have to play 45 minutes a night. Switch defensively and play a lot in the regular season. I don't apologize for my voice. I'll try to fix it. Um, instead, you got a poor man's version of Devin Booker when you already have a rich man's Devin Booker, the actual Devin Booker, who the last few years has not been as efficient and has started to become injury prone for a team that cannot handle more injury issues. Durant post Achilles has played 35 games, 55 games, 47 games. Booker had been very durable throughout his career, but, well, pretty durable throughout his career. Booker, last year, 53 games. And then Bradley Beal had back-to-back 82-game seasons. Since then, 57, 60, 40, 50. So that is a concern. Durant turning 35. Beal being what I would consider an old 30 having been in the league since 19, that's a bit of a concern. The salary stuff is kind of outrageous. And so let me give you what I mean by that. Next year, Kevin Durant is 
the second highest paid guy in the league. Bradley Beal is the sixth highest paid guy in the league. The year after that, in so the season after next, Durant is number two. Beal is number six. Booker is number seven. The year after that, Durant is number three. Booker is number six. Beal is number eight. So this is your team. You are going to have no flexibility whatsoever. And here is where the... Now listen, you can trade Aiton and try to get some of those pieces for him. But with the Nuggets winning the title, you ha- if you are trying to win the title, certainly if you are trying to win the West, you have to do everything with an eye on what are we going to be able to do against the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic specifically. You then add to it the new CBA. So here is the very cursory version of it. So you have your salary cap. You then have the luxury tax number. You then have, and this is the phrase you keep hearing on podcasts and on smart NBA shows, the second apron. If you go above the second apron, your ability to build out a roster is kneecapped. The Suns, by definition, with these three guys on the roster, are going to be above the second apron. So, what does that mean? Among other things, you cannot combine salaries in a trade. So, let's say in a year, Durant is like, you know what, I actually don't want to be here. I'm making 50 million bucks and I want to go play somewhere else. In the past, you could trade Durant for a $20 million player, a $20 million player, a $10 million player, what the Suns and some draft picks, what the Suns did to get him. We'll send you Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, etc. If you are a second apron team, you can't you cannot do that. You want to trade Kevin Durant? You got to trade him for someone making his money, which makes him untradeable. Cuz who is making his money next year? Um the following people. They're, you know, within his money. Steph, Embiid, LeBron, Joker, Beal who's on his team, Carl Anthony Towns, Booker, who's on his team, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Giannis, Dame, Kawhi. That's the list. Those are either guys you that their teams wouldn't trade or you wouldn't think is a good enough return for Durant. But that is not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is what it does to you as far as future flexibility. If you are a second apron team, you cannot trade a first-round pick seven years out. That's noteworthy because the Suns have already traded away all of their picks for the next six years as is. 
So they can't include a first-round pick in any trade. You can't use cash to buy draft picks. Here is the real penalizing part. If you are a second apron team in three of five years, so the Suns will be a second apron team this year. Seven years from now is the 2031 draft or whatever it is. If they are a second apron team two more of the next four years after this year, their pick in that draft is the last pick of the draft, the 30th pick. Doesn't matter if they, if, you know, at that point, Durant's out of the league, if everyone's moved on, worse, does not matter. Your pick goes to 30. You can't uh, pick up players that were bought out to fill out your roster. All of this stuff. So the Suns, the Windhorst article said, the Suns' logic was, we might be a second apron team as is, we might as well blast through it, because the penalties are the same whether you're a dollar over or $30 million over. I actually understand that. I just don't think it's intelligent deployment of assets. I think they need more depth. I think they need more defense. And, you know, Bill Simmons 15 years ago coined the phrase new owner syndrome. Has there ever been a more glaring example of new owner syndrome than a guy who took over a team five months ago in his first week on the job, traded four first-round picks and a couple players for Kevin Durant. A couple months later, somehow got in a physical altercation with Nikola Jokic couple weeks after that, fired his head coach, seemingly has installed Isaiah Thomas as a shadow GM, and now has traded every other remaining asset, aside from Aiton, for Chris Paul. I'm sorry, for Bradley Beal, and locked him into this. So, and I'm going to say one other thing about the Suns. So I just got rid of my car and got a new car. I got rid of my car because it kept breaking down. Kept having issues. If before I got rid of it, I had said I'm driving cross country. If halfway along the trip, the car breaks down, that is not bad luck. Okay? That is poor planning. If you buy a brand new car and it breaks down, that's bad luck. The Bucks two years ago, when they were defending their title, having Chris Middleton get hurt right at the beginning of the playoff run is bad luck. He had been durable. He had been healthy. Couldn't see that coming. That's bad luck. The Suns, this past year, having Chris Paul go down is bad planning. The Suns next year, if Durant... Or Beal, miss time. That is not bad luck. That is very foreseeable. And that would be poor planning. So I I just, I don't think this works for Phoenix. And if it doesn't work immediately, it is a barren desert in Phoenix, no pun intended, for the remainder of the decade.
By the way, to our producers, Diora is in the chat, she says. So people watching on YouTube can chat with Diora, and if she has any interesting comments or questions, let's use some of those in the C block, so let's keep an eye out on those. All right, there were some follow-ups here. Uh, the producers write, is Katie's legacy sealed that he could never win a ring, never win anything alone? Well, very, very, very few guys ever win anything alone. I do think, and I don't think Katie made them do this, but it is an odd spot where once again, Katie finds himself at the epicenter of the team with the, you know, the only big three or the most stacked big three in the league. I think this got him further from a ring than what they could have done. Uh, last one, with CP3 likely not staying a wizard for long, where do you think he'll go ring chasing? So, here's the thing on Chris Paul. Maybe they buy him out and he just goes and signs somewhere this offseason. I do not think that is what Washington should do. Washington gets no cap relief for buying him out. I think Washington should hold on to Chris Paul and see if near the deadline someone wants him and will trade for him. I do not think they should play him. And I think that would be better for Chris Paul. I think the best thing possible for Chris Paul would be for his season to start in February. So he goes to Washington. They tell him, you don't have to come in. We're going to see if anyone wants to trade for you. If not, we'll buy you out after the deadline. But we're not. maybe we'll get a little something for you. And for Chris, I actually think that's better. Brew on TV yesterday brought up Boston. I think Boston makes sense. I think the Lakers make sense. I don't think the Clippers make sense because I think that is a DOA team with a, bat, with a toxic culture. And I don't think, you know, Denver has their point guard. Milwaukee has their point guard. Miami, maybe. Uh, but I would obviously, I personally would like seeing with the Lakers. But I, I, I think that could happen. But I don't think it's the overwhelmingly likely outcome. All right, next. Rumors are the Pelicans want to trade Zion to draft Scoot. Zion's a top 10 player when healthy, but he never is. If you were genius sports owner Michael Jordan, would you give Zion a second chance? I love Scoot, but yeah, I would do that. Now, the latest rumors are in his, you know, in his final master stroke of ownership that Michael Jordan, well, that the Charlotte Hornets prefer Brandon Ingram to Zion Williamson in that trade. You cannot trade the number two pick for Brandon Ingram. I know he was the number two pick once upon a time. You cannot, but now on a max contract and with Scoot Henderson being the being available there, I wouldn't trade that. Now, I would trade it for Zion. I still think we've got a better than a 50-50 chance that Zion gets right. And if he gets right, he's one of the six or seven best offensive players in the entire sport. If he gets right, we have never, this is not an exaggeration, we have never seen this volume of scoring on 60%. No player in league history has averaged 
15 points per game for their career on better than 60% shooting. Zion is 26 points per game at better than 60% shooting. So I would try to, if I could buy low on Zion, I would try to do that. Next, Draymond opts out. Producers right? your best friend opted out of his deal with the Warriors. Draymond Green's now a free agent, was caught hanging with LeBron in France. Do you think he should move in with DeMonte in L.A.? So, listen, on the France thing, I, Draymond, LeBron, Maverick, and others, every summer, rent a yacht and go on vacation around Europe. I assume that's what's going on right now. I don't know for a fact, but I assume that's what's going on right now. So that's not new. I do not... uh, Draymond and LeBron might be teammates one day, depending on how long LeBron plays. But Draymond, I think, knows this is his last chance at a real payday. I think that's why he opted out. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make more than the $28 million this year, but get a long-term deal now, it's more total money. Draymond, and I, you know, I say only in quotes, has only made $155 million in his career. And by NBA star status, that's nothing. I mean, it's nothing compared to some of his contemporaries. For some context, Clay, who you can argue, Draymond has been the more important warrior throughout his tenure. Clay has made $220 million. Uh, guys like, you know, what's a guy that Draymond does not have a lot of respect or admiration for? Rudy Gobert has made... 172 million and has another 130 million on the books. So I don't think Draymond's taking a discount. The Lakers could only get him with a significant discount. I think Draymond likely is back with the Warriors next season. I think that is the most likely outcome. All right, last. John Moran officially suspended 25 games. Seems like the league's making an example out of Ja, even though he technically did nothing illegal. Is it fair to expect Ja to be a role model for younger players when that is not what he signed up for? Is this expectation implied when players choose to go pro? I don't think the expectation is be a role model. I think it's don't be a dumbass. And... There are things that you get in trouble at work for that aren't illegal in every workplace all the time. Particularly, if you get in trouble for something once, your workplace makes it very clear this is unacceptable, and then you apologize, say you'll do better, and then do the exact same thing again. I have massive sympathy for Ja in that it seems like he is going through a lot. I do not have sympathy in that. It's like, oh, what did he do? We all know what he did. He was a dumbass. That's what he did. Like, uh, 
I just spilled my delicious Starbucks coffee all over myself. Um, that's what he did. And so, my here is my concern for Ja. And we, we've spent a lot of time on it in the past. We don't have to spend too much more time on it here. I do not think the amount of games is going to have any impact on whether or not he changes his behavior. I think in five games, 25 games, 55 games, he lost $40 million because of the first thing. He did the exact same thing a month later. I think the question is whether or not he thinks what he's doing is actually a problem and wants to change his behavior. I have concerns on both of those fronts. There was a report yesterday that John, people close to him, feel like think the NBA is out to get him and singling him out. Uh, that, to me, is is problematic. If Ja thinks he's being, yes, you are being singled out because you're the only guy in the league of 450 guys that keeps showing up on Instagram showing off pistols. Yes, you are being singled out in that regard. And I know this is an uncomfortable analogy, but I will use it again. For the people that just beat the drum on, he's not breaking any laws. Guys, if John Morant in March posted a, you know, totally two consenting adults, a sex tape of himself to Instagram, and the league called him in and said, buddy, you can't do that. You got to sit down for a bit. He then said, guys, I'm going to go into some treatment. I'm dealing with some stress. I have some issues making some poor decisions. After the year said, I'm going to do better. I'm going to work on myself. And a month later, posted a new sex tape to Instagram. He would be in a lot of trouble. It would not be illegal. It would show horrific decision-making. And you would wonder, what is he going through that is making him do these types of things? Put it in that bucket. If we want to have an actual debate about guns in America, the either correct or incorrect interpretation of the Second Amendment, the unequal application of laws about who is and who isn't penalized by the state or perceived as a threat when they're carrying a gun, we can have all of those discussions. None of them have anything to do, if you're being intellectually honest, with the John Morant situation. Diora just texted me that she's laughing out loud because I spilled my coffee all over myself. Well, thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate that. Michael Jordan selling his basketball team. He was the worst owner in the league for 15 years. I say that matters. Everybody says I'm a wild hater. We discuss that and play a game of all in or full before we get to your questions. So next, what's right?
Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef crafted, never frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? And listen, my life moves fast. Got this show, got the TV show, kids at home, NBA draft coming up this week. I could basically always use a pick-me-up. And Starbucks, ready to drink coffee, delivers an uplifting boost that helps you tune into the moments that matter wherever you are. Bottled Frappuccino, chilled coffee drink is inspired by Starbucks Cafe favorites and comes in four delicious flavors, mocha, vanilla, caramel like this one, and coffee. I like to start my day with a coffee, especially when I'm recording a new episode of What's Right. My go-to is Starbucks ready-to-drink coffee for that uplifting boost I need to conquer the day. Gotta love the range of the Starbucks ready-to-drink coffee, whether you want to grab a Starbucks Frappuccino chilled coffee drink or a nitro cold brew. There's so many good choices for whatever you're feeling. Starbucks coffee, ready for right now. Shop the full lineup online or in stores wherever you buy your groceries. Okay, so Michael Jordan sold his stake in the Charlotte Hornets this week, and the rest of the media decided to just in more Jordan deification. They're like, oh my God, can you believe a guy bought a pro sports franchise decade plus ago, sold it, and turned a profit? What a brilliant businessman. Oh, only the goat. We see all these stories about people. They're like, yeah, what happened? Why, why are you applying for unemployment? They're like, oh, I just took a bath on owning the just Toronto Maple Leafs. Huh, you got to believe it. You know, I used to be a rich man, and then I sold the Arizona Cardinals, and now I'm out on the streets. But MJ, only MJ, all of a sudden he's got a billion. Can you believe it? That was the other media's interpretation. Mine was a little different, which was, and I want to be crystal clear on this. I believe 
when we are discussing who the greatest player of all time is, I have this crazy belief that the clock should start from the moment they're drafted and the clock should end the moment they play their final game. That should be our landscape for the debate. Their NBA careers. But I have been told for years that's not how this works. And with Jordan, it has been the ultimate game of three-card money because just when it comes to the playing career, it's not the playing career. It's six for six, which would mean six for six. So you had six opportunities. You won all, it got all six. So the greatest player of all time had a six-year career? Well, no, 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 no. He played 15. Oh, okay, so he had a 15-year career. So are we counting all of that? Well, not really. Well, what do you mean? Well, the last two years don't count. Why don't they count? Well, they just don't count. Oh, okay, that's fine. So when you say six for six, he had six straight years of championships is what you're saying? No, no, no. Well, how? what were there? Well, there were eight. So then why is it not six for eight? Well, he was retired the two years in the middle. Oh, he was retired for two full years in the middle? Well, no, actually, he came back one year. He came back one year? Oh, but he came back, but his team was so bad without him, they missed the playoffs? No, 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 they made the playoffs. Oh, they did? Was he any good? Yeah, well, he got MVP votes that season. He did? But in the playoffs, did he, like, get hurt? No, 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 he averaged, like, almost 40 a game in the series they lost. They lost? Oh, yeah, in round two. Oh, that team then went and won the title? No, that team got swept. Wait, but he would have won the title? But we don't count that year. No, 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 it's not fair to count that year. By the way, have I told you about the double nickel he dropped in Madison Square Garden that year that's still part of his legend? Let me tell you about it. So that part, the, you know, that the entirety of his career, other than the six years where they won rings, we don't count. Oddly, it's a weird thing we do. I don't quite get it. It's never made sense. But whatever. Here's the other part, and this is where the ownership stuff comes in. And everyone watching knows either if they are on the Jordan side of the argument, they have made this argument. If they are on the opposite side of this argument, they have heard people make this argument that when you are arguing with someone who, like a religious zealot, believes Michael Jordan is clearly and unequivocally the greatest player of all time. You have heard the shoes brought up. You have heard. I mean, come on. If he's not the GOAT, then how come his shoes are still the most popular? Saved Nike. Reinvented sports commercialism. You have heard. The, uh, I've heard about the suits after the game, the shaved head, the mystique, the aura. All of it has, it has been part of the 
giant stew that people use to argue Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. The whole story. It is under that pretense that Michael Jordan being as far as on-court performance, not off, not malfeasance, not racism, not the things we've had owners kicked out for. How good is your team? The fact that the team he ran for 15 years was the worst team in basketball has to matter. You want now, if you, again, you want only the on-court stuff to matter, I'll sign up for that. But all the folks who have argued, oh man, but the threes are just an iconic shoot. All of that, and you know you've heard these arguments. Well then, the fact that you owned a team for 15 years, they won three playoff games, zero series, Jordan's ownership tenure of the Hornets is much like his playing career pre-Pippin. Zero series wins, three playoff games, or no, one playoff game win before Pippin got there. Zero series wins, that was it. It's just longer. And lastly, again, if you want to have an earnest, honest discussion I ask you this. You don't have to answer it right now. Just think about it. If when Jordan took over the Hornets, they turned into a juggernaut. If he took over the team, ran basketball ops, and let and they ripped off a dynasty, do you honestly think folks would not be using that? as part of the argument as to more evidence that he's the GOAT. Of course they would. Of course they would. So, I'm just asking what's good for the goose. And if we want to make it just about a basketball career, so be it. I'd like that. As I am sitting here right now wearing Jordans. They are a dope sneaker, I gotta tell you. But that's never been the rules. It's never been how it's been argued. The producers follow up with, why are you holding MJ's bad front office decisions against him, but fine with LeBron forcing the Westbrook trade? Well, that's another example of how insane this stuff has become. Michael Jordan actually ran a team, owned it and ran it, and has skated for 15 years on them being the worst in basketball. LeBron plays for a team and has gotten LeBron has gotten more criticism as a shadow GM than Jordan has gotten as the actual GM. It's batch. If everything matters, the producers right, shouldn't the fact that Space Jam 1 is way better than Space Jam 2 be part of the conversation? Sure. For the folks that have that, that want to do that, I. By the way, that was when if everyone is just trying to retcon uh, what actually happened. 
when Space Jam 2 came out and people can now say they were joking. We all saw the tweets, saw the comments, seemingly joking on television about Space Jam 1 being so much better than Space Jam 2 being further evidence. We all saw it. So, that's it. Once again, I'm just the only fair and honest, you know, media member left on this stuff, it would it would appear. No agenda, just an accurate telling of the story. That's what you guys come to me for. All interfold. Portland seems like they're sticking with Dame for better or worse. Are you buying that? All interfold. Portland's keeping Dame. You know what? I'm folding. I I need a break on on the Dame stuff. I he is allowed to do whatever he wants, but I it's become a little tiresome at this point. There's seemingly some reporters very close to him that keep saying he just wants to be a blazer, but maybe would do this. He said he wants to be a blazer, but I'd go to Miami or New- or Brooklyn. I I like Dame a lot. I think he's a great player. And he has to make the choice. Do I want to be the man in Portland, stay there for my entire career, and not play in a single relevant playoff game for the rest of it? Or go do something else? I won't judge him for either, but there is... I know there's a lot of people that will kill James Harden if he chooses to go to Houston. I'm not sure how big of a difference this is at this point. Next, the Nuggets parade got pretty wild. For some reason, the Lakers were the butt of the jokes. All in her fold. Michael Malone is a sore winner. Michael Malone, I, Michael Malone getting drunk and having fun, more power to him. Going on McAfee, and say, you know, make him taking a shot at LeBron saying, you know, I might retire. When eight years ago, when no one gave a damn about Michael Malone and he got fired by the Kings, LeBron went out and said at his media avail, LeBron at this point was a four-time MVP, two-time NBA champion. And said, hey, by the way, the Kings screwed up in firing my guy Michael Malone. They had a great coach and didn't know it. And it's not like during that series LeBron was taking any shots whatsoever. He was nothing but complimentary of the Nuggets. I don't get that. Next, Stephon Diggs missed start a mandatory minicamp. Rumors are swirling. There's tension between Diggs and the organization. All in or fold, Diggs agrees with Nick on Josh Allen. Oh, I'm all in on that. I don't think it's the organization. The organization paid him. He got an issue with that quarterback. And their head coach botched that. The head coach said, I'm very, very concerned after Diggs, you know, left the facility on day one of minicamp. He then was back on day two, and that coach was like, no, 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 you guys blew it out of proportion. They then canceled the third day of minicamp. They got a real problem there. Next, Packers defensive back Jair Alexander called Jordan Love the best quarterback in the league, and Love wished Bears fans happy Father's Day all in her fold. Rodgers left ayahuasca in the water in Green Bay. I, I'm going to fold on that specific thing. Uh, oh, wait, did I skip one? No, I didn't skip one. The producer screwed up. Take that, producers. Oh, that's the wrong thing on the screen. Uh, but you're fine. Sorry about that. Uh, you guys are actually doing a great job. Um, but the here's what I will say. Folks need to learn how to, how to make compliments believable. 
So I don't know if Dior is still watching. If you are, respond in the comments, babe. Uh, but if after Diora's fifth show, I looked to her and I said, I got to tell you something. I think you are the best podcaster in the world. It would so clearly on its face be ridiculous that any other compliment I ever gave her would ring hollow. So Jair Alexander saying Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the league now makes anything he ever says about Jordan Love for the for the rest of the year re, just meaningless. So here's all you got to say if you're Jair Alexander. I got to tell you, Jordan Love's going to surprise some people. He's going to be very good this season. And I true and if you really want to go over the top, I truly believe one day he will be in a discussion as the best quarterback in football. You guys might think that's ridiculous. People would have thought it was ridiculous with Aaron. Just wait. Give him time. He's going to immediately, he's better than you think right now. He's going to say that. But to say right now he's the best quarterback in the league is outrageous. Um, all right, last one. Chiefs finally got their Super Bowl rings. They are, well, let's just call them big. All in her fold. Super Bowl rings have gone too far. Oh, I'm folding on that. I love the Super Bowl ring. It's awesome. I do, like, the, the new thing with Super Bowl rings is the detachable, like, face that then has more stuff on the inside. Um, I think that's awesome. I would just be terrified I would lose it, like lose a piece of the ring. But, and here's the part that we can clip off. Not necessarily for social, but just for me to send via text to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, guys, I kind of, I, I kind of want a ring. It doesn't have to be like with the the diamonds don't have to be real. But I, I do feel like when, you know, your quarterback. And Hall of Fame tight end, bear hug me and lift me off the ground at the parade. And both say, you were the only one who believed in us. Like, if we're, if, if we're doing credit for the Super Bowl, like, the players are at 75%. Andy Reid... And the front office are at 24%. The doubters and haters collectively are at half a percent. The fans and supporters are at 0.499%. And then me dropping banners trolling the bills unwavering support i think is like 0.001% and i think that you know at least deserves consideration for a ring so all i'm saying and i don't know if brett's watching uh but i know mr veach brett's father is a is a diehard viewer of at least the TV show, maybe the podcast, you know, 
Just consider it. Just consider it. I'd wear it proudly. Quick break right back. Answer your questions. We'll try What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Diora has texted in. Are you taking shots at my podcasting skills while I'm not there to defend myself? Baby, no, I am not taking shots. What I'm saying is, if I'd have called you the best podcaster in the world, you would have known that I was lying. People just need to understand how to compliment in a way that feels good but also believable. She then just wrote, she also wrote in evidently, you don't deserve a ring. That's not nice. By the way, speaking of someone deserving something, I had forgotten we even did this. But we did, before the playoffs, another edition of Outpick Nick, where it was a confidence ranking. So you ranked every team 1 through 16. And 16 was your most confident, 1 was your least confident. And you got a point accordingly with every game that team won. So if the team that you picked, number three, won won two games, you would get six points for them. And if the team you picked at number 16 won 10 games, you would get 160 points for them. We have the results. Third place was at the Kid Shim 90. Second place was Show Off Ant. And in something I simply did not believe and then checked the archival data to make sure it was correct. In first place in the Outpick Nick NBA contest, Demonze. Of all our entries, first place was Demonze. We had 140 entries. Demonze won the whole thing. Just maddening. Congrats to him. And here's the deal. I am deciding right now. He gets a $200 bonus for that if 
within 24 hours of this podcast happening. So by 11.30 Eastern tomorrow, he tells, he texts me or calls me and says, where's my bonus? I want to see if he's watching. Now, I did realize, gosh darn it, I'm screwed here. His sister's watching. And Diora is a tricky one, which is she likely now will tell her brother, give him a heads up, but then make him cut her in on it. Uh, Diora also, yeah, just because she's texting me and trolling me right now, so I'm going to, she's not here to defend herself. Diora pulled a heck of a move yesterday. Keep in mind, it's late June. She calls me yesterday. She's like, Padre, for those, you know, remember on Christmas, some of my gifts were, you know, money for some of my clothes websites that I go to that you didn't actually give me the money, but you said I can spend a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks here. Do you remember which ones I didn't use fully? Because I know I didn't use all of them. And she knew damn well that there was a 0% chance I would possibly remember that. And she knew damn well that my answer would be just get, just, I trust you, just get yourself something nice. And she just instantly texts me three pairs of brand new New Balances and said, which one do you like best? To which I did leave her on red on. I just didn't respond. But she's a, she's a tricky one. All right, time for fan questions. Von Tatium says, DeAndre Ayton to Boston for Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. I mean, that's gr that's a great deal for Phoenix. Uh, Boston, there's you can't do that deal. You can't trade Robert Williams and Marcus Smart for DeAndre Ayton. Just can't. Um, Joe S. says, LOL, Nick, you used Kareem's college career to say he was better than Jordan. Not quite. I used Kareem's college career as evidence of two things. One, that if you wanted to make the argument who has had the greatest basketball life, Kareem wins that hands down. The guy went, I think, undefeated in high school, went 79 and 2 in college, and then went and did that, um, went and did that in the NBA. So I also, though, used Kareem's college career as evidence of if you think it's the 70s, you don't remember how good is the company. This guy was a thoroughly dominant guy from word go. And where I did use the non-NBA profile on Kareem and LeBron versus Jordan was, I just asked people logically, in the three guys for the GOAT debate, one guy was the greatest amateur player ever, a no-doubt number one pick. One guy was the most hyped prospect ever, a no-doubt number one pick. And the other guy went third in the draft. That's the point I made. Jonathan Kwame asks, what's your view on no trade clause in NBA contracts and what should a player do to deserve one? Uh, I think you've got to be a generational player of your era. The reason the Wizards got nothing for Bradley Beal is because they wanted to move on from him, but he could veto every trade, so he picked his team and then also basically made it the trade that smartly made that team as good as possible where they still have the Aiton trade asset. I mean, that's that's on the Wizards, not on Beal. They didn't have to give him one. 
Bariff asked Nick, what's the sense of pride in watching your kids graduate? So it's weird. I, I'm, I'm incredibly proud. I was incredibly proud of Diora for what she did over the course of high school, the person she's become, the trials and tribulations she's overcome, how she's matured, the fact that she, unlike me, unlike her big brother, unlike her mom, unlike anybody I know, made it through high school, all of it, without having one, you know, almost everyone has at least one thing that happens in high school that you look back on a decade later and you're like, oh, shit. That was that could have been that either could have been really bad or was really bad. Scary, you know, big trouble at school, caught up with the cops, something bad. Um, I had it happen twice in high school. I, you know, you know, I'm not taking a shot at her brother. Her brother got in some trouble in high school. All, it, almost everyone does it. The fact that Diora made it through all of high school and ne it never happened, I told her I thought was remarkable and really impressive. So I'm proud of all of that. Proud of her for graduating high school. I I mean, at this, if she hadn't graduated high school, it's a calamity. <laughs> like graduating high school is a is a is is in today's day and age kind of like a bare bare minimum. So I'm incredibly proud of her for a lot of things. And I was a very emotional watching her walk across the stage because it means she's about to leave the house and become a real adult, all that stuff. But it's like how proud of... It's kind of like the teenage version of like, are you proud of your kid for taking their first steps? Or just like, well, this will be a disaster if they never do. I think that makes sense. Diora asks, question for Nick, how do you still get views without Diora on the show? I guess we'll find out. I will see how the views are. Um, oh no. Diora says, I can't stand you. I was paying for those with my own money about the shoes, and she thought I had taken pictures of the what her Christmas presents were. Sorry, baby. I love you. I hope you're back Thursday. See you guys. One more 30-minute show today. I'm on with Colin today around 1.15. I, my show is then 2 to 2.30, and then we're back on regular time starting tomorrow because the UEFA, the soccer stuff is over for a bit. All right, talk to you guys uh, later today, 2 o'clock on FS1. What's right? <laughs>